You are here to listen to the Lax Factor Podcast. It is December 3rd. We're going to talk about what I agree with Quint Kesnick on, and there are apparently numerous things. I listened to the Inside Lacrosse podcast uh, with Quint Kesnick and Terry Foy uh, just the other day, or actually just today, and uh, there were a bunch of things that Quint said that I agreed with. I find I agree with Quint more often than not on lacrosse matters, even though he's a Hopkins guy and I was raised and a Syracuse fan. So uh, one of the first uh, things that he said that I did agree with was the 22nd clear and how uh, that's going to be a bigger deal than the 80-second shot clock in total, and I have to agree. Uh, defenders are going to be given less time to get the ball up the field. I feel that you're going to see a lot more defenders carrying the ball themselves over midfield, uh, which I think is good for the game, good for transition at times, especially if they go with that mentality and just get it over as soon as possible. Instead of tossing back, which we see, and then uh, reversing sides of the field, I think we'll see a little bit more... Uh, defenders crossing midfield and getting the ball up. And that's going to create a lot of interesting play between the boxes. One of the things over the last uh, 20 years of lacrosse and the complaint has been, there's been a lot less excitement between the boxes. And I think this will help with that. Uh, and I think that just uh, in it'll create a lot more turnovers in general because there's going to be times where they don't get it over, uh, I, I think, also outside of just throwing it over. So it will be interesting to see how that all transpires and how that all goes down. Another thing I agree with Quint Kesnick on today uh, is that December is the most important month for college lacrosse players. Uh, that's a fact. And the reason being they're done with their fall season. They're into their their more minor workouts uh, that are going to get them into the beginning of the season about six weeks from now. And um, between now and then, they've got their finals. They've got Christmas parties. They're about to go on a, 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 bra- a small break. Uh, they've got you know all sorts of things that are pulling at them right now. And right now, they really have to focus on their grades and making sure, you know, I mean, some guys have to focus on being eligible, but at the Division One level, that's not typically a problem. So, but, but really, you just want to focus on your grades, uh, make sure that you're taking care of your body, making sure that you're doing everything right over the next six weeks, because between now and the beginning of the season is when you you either set yourself back a little bit or you put yourself in a better position to succeed. So we're going to see teams that have better leadership. Those teams are going to tend to fare a little bit better, especially early season over teams that maybe don't have great leadership, but December uh, and how this uh, the next couple of weeks transpire are very important to uh, the Division One, Division Two, and Division Three uh, lacrosse lacrosse landscapes. Another thing that I was surprised to see Syracuse getting some love from Quint and uh, Terry Foy in their eleven twenty seven podcast. Uh, also being mentioned, you know, a lot was Cornell and Yale, but uh, specific to Syracuse, how everyone was talking about. Uh, the fact that they've lost uh, a handful of of their top 40 recruits over the last 40 days, 50 days at this point, maybe even 60. Um, but what wasn't really talked about as much is the fact that they have a lot of talent coming back. They had a, a handful of freshman midfielders last year that got a ton of time and played in, incredibly well. Um, uh, uh, Tucker Dordovic uh, being the main one, uh, I think that I'm excited about. Although there's, you know, they have depth, but they have depth all over the roster. They have uh, a junior attackman in uh, Stephen Rafis. They got Nate Solomon uh, coming back. Uh, that, that's two solid attackmen uh, to anchor a team. So Syracuse uh, not being mentioned by a lot of people, uh, but these guys uh, get it. Quint gets it. 
uh, Syracuse is going to be uh, a team to be reckoned with. Uh, also interesting is that Cornell, uh, I, uh, Quint had mentioned if Cornell can get a, go- uh, a keeper to just save the ball at a respectable clip, 55 to 60%, Cornell is going to give Yale all they can handle, and I agree. Uh, Yale loses a lot in, in Ben Reeves. Uh, it's not that his individual skill sets can be re- uh, can't be replaced. He, he's an incredible dodger. They're not going to be able to replace that. Uh, and after watching some tape on him earlier in the week, they're definitely not going to be able to replace that. But other guys on the team can pick up the slack and dodge, you know, to a degree, and 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 help make sure they're getting looks at the cage. Uh, he's an incredible feeder. They've got some guys on the team that can go to the rack and that can feed as well. Although it's hard to replace it. Uh, so Cornell returns almost all of their talent. I mean, you're you're returning uh, Jeff T as a junior this year. Uh, you got Connor Fletcher. Uh, coming back. I mean, you have a plethora of players that last year were freshmen, sophomores, and juniors that uh, all are coming back for Cornell, including two of their better players. I, I like the one-two punch of Fletcher at midfield and and uh, Jeff Teed at, at attack, and Fletcher is a beast. Uh, took a little bit uh, into the season to get him rolling full speed, uh, but you know once he did, it, he was incredible as well. So Cornell, as long as they can get a goalkeeper to uh, stop the ball uh, respectably in a, in a face-off man, uh, which I believe Cornell started a freshman last year, and I think he, he did fairly well by the end of the season. Uh, so I feel like uh, Cornell and Yale are, are going to fight for the top spot in the Ivy, and I'm going to make a bold prediction, and I, I feel really strongly about Cornell this year, and I think that Cornell is going to be able to uh, pull that out and uh, take Yale down. One other thing worth talking about uh, is there's not a whole lot of – I mean – there's not a whole lot of senior talent, and it's not that there's not senior talent. Obviously, uh, Pat Spencer is coming back. I, I can't believe Pat Spencer is still at school. I would have, I, I for some reason, thought he was a senior last year. As we were coming into this season, he seems to have been around forever, and 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 he seems to have been a a topic of uh, he he's been deserving of national attention. It seems forever, but here he is. He's about to come into his senior year as you know probably one of the top three guys. In terms of consideration for the Twarton, uh, you know, maybe attackman of the year award. A lot of talented attackmen, but most of them are junior. Michael Sowers out of uh, Princeton, uh, Jeff Teat out of uh, Cornell, uh, other guys that come to mind: uh, Michael Kraus at UVA, uh, Stephen Rafis at Syracuse. Um, just a, a huge list of A-level talent uh, uh, all over the place. Uh, Costabile at Notre Dame, midfielder, I think he's a, a junior and he's going to have a huge year. Has had huge years already, but is going to have a bigger year here as a junior for for Notre Dame. So, ton of talent. Uh, Cole Williams, you know, got to throw Cole Williams out there, a junior attackman out of Hopkins. I mean, there's a ton of talent, but most of it is surrounded around the junior class uh, this season. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Uh, one of the things uh, that you normally see is you'll see seniors lead uh, the uh, teams to uh, championship weekend. And uh, this year, I think you're going to see some juniors uh, leading teams to uh, championship weekend. Random news. It looks like uh, Olympic lacrosse could be weird. Uh, Some might say Olympic lacrosse uh, may end up sucking. I am not one of those people. I I just am glad that they're considering getting it in. Now, listen, I'll be hugely disappointed if it ends up being six versus six or only seven versus seven. But if uh, they they shrink the field, if they can get the field shrunk but keep it an eight on eight kind of set up. I won't, you know, it'll be all right. Uh, the sport of lacrosse has played many different ways. There's so many differences between the women's game and the men's game. And, uh, you know, the, the, even the MLL game and the college game, 
Uh, so I'm I'm all for them just getting it included, uh, understanding that they're going to have to scale the rosters back a little bit, the field back a little bit, the game times will back a little bit. Uh, but let's get lacrosse in the Olympics. Let's figure out a format that works uh, for everybody involved, and uh, let's stop whining. You know, everybody's wanted it to 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 happen. We're still going to get our normal format for the the regular World Championships in the years that the Olympics aren't a thing. And uh, so I think that we have to do whatever we can to just support this. Uh, and once it happens, just be happy that we're there and, and see what happens over time. And uh, that is it. Yeah.